Welcome to the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast, the show that talks all things female resistance training to help women feel beautiful, confident, and strong in and out of the gym. Now for your hosts, Jordan and Gretchen. Welcome back. Today, we are here to talk about the differences in roles, the importance of training within the rules of whatever federation that you're competing in, in preparation for your meets, because there are quite a few lifters out there who operate under the idea that they'll just hit depth on meet day. They'll just pause on meet day. They'll lock out on meet day. And that's not usually the case. It takes a special, it takes a special human, right? To, to dial that in and to do that because these pieces that are being skipped are harder right? Like they're the hardest part of the lift. So to be able to take that when the weight is heavy, when the adrenaline is pumping, doesn't usually happen. Yeah. And I, I think too, part of that, like, is also a little bit of false advertisement that you're doing on social media. Like a lot of people are posting these, you know, 20 pound PR videos and from like the outside, if you don't know all the rules of your federation or sport, because um, there are different lifting sports, right? Some people think Olympic lifting is the same as power lifting. It's not. Some people think strongman is the same because we both lift heavy things. It's not. Some people think that bodybuilding is the same as powerlifting. Oh my God. It's not. Um, Our body is covered not eat a lot. <laughs> powerlifting. We eat during our trainings, (laughs) bodybuilding, get as little body fat as possible. Um, So to the outside eye who doesn't quite understand the differences, like you're kind of lying to them. I feel, I feel like it's false advertisement and it's lying, right? Um, Like let's take the deadlift, for example. And we can go within federations, within powerlifting. I remember my very first powerlifting meet, I missed my third attempt deadlift because I ramped it. Ramping is basically using your legs and thighs to help bring that bar up, right? You're not strictly locking it out with your legs. You are ramping that bar up your legs and maybe using a little momentum to help that bar come up. Still, and I'm not discrediting anything, still great, right? You still lifted it off the ground. You still got it up in the air. You still locked it out maybe. For our federation, the USAPL, you can't ramp. Yeah. So I did not have a successful third lift. My dad, so cute, was very upset about this. Like, you in it, it was like 303, right? And I had wanted to hit 303. Like that was my goal for the end of the year. Um, it was the meet was in February, so I had 10 more months to get it, right? But I was like, how cool would it be if I did it in my very first meet? Yeah. I mean, so my dad is like, You got it up, that counts. And I'm like, No, it doesn't, Dad. Yeah. So he works with someone that lifts, I think, with USPA. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but with a different powerlifting federation. He showed him the video. Like how good she did. And she it didn't count. Um and he 
the guy was like, well, in our federation, that would have counted because their rules are different. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me to say that that was a PR would have been false under my lifting standards. Yeah. yeah it's one of those that I look at it this way, right? If you are a, let's say I just all of a sudden the Minnesota twins signed me, I'm now a member of the twins. I go up to the mound and I throw the ball and it, it goes towards home plate, right? That doesn't mean that it's a strike, right? Like just because you throw something towards home plate doesn't mean it's a strike. Just because you throw a touchdown pass does not mean that it is an NFL touchdown, right? Like there are different rules and standards. There are things that matter when it goes into that. There are, there are technicalities. Um, just like in, let's use bowling. You could run down to the end of the bowling lane and you could kick over all the pins, but that's still not a real strike. Right. Like there are, there are rules for that. And that's just part of the federation that you compete in. And it's, it's, it's a part of the rules, right? And it's, you can choose to go to other federations. You can choose to compete in different things if it suits you better. And that's okay. Like there's no shame. Like USAPL was just, that is what my coach is affiliated with. So that's what I went with. USPA, I know people who compete in USPA. They love it. They think it's, they think it's great. Cool. Whatever. We are not here to say any federation is better than the other. It's just one of those that you have to, if you're listening and you don't know the rules, you have to watch videos knowing that not everything is, is a good lift by certain standards. Yeah. And that's it, it. Like it is a true test of strength. Like, like you did your three Oh three, you ramp it up your legs. It is still a test of strength that you got the weight up. You lifted yeah. the weight up. It just by the book was not a good lift to count in this situation. Yeah. I love when people come up to me who really don't know the difference between sports or federations. Um, and they're like, well, we'll use Eddie Hall because he hit that huge deadlift record, right? He mm-hmm. hit it. It was everywhere. And people will come up to me and they're like, well, why don't you use straps? He used them and he has the world record for the deadlift. He does not anymore, but he did at the time. And I'm like, well, he's in strongman. They allow that. They also allow bars that bend. They allow the deadlift bar, I believe. Um, We have to have a stiff bar. So the deadlift bar has a little bit of bend in it. Some will argue that that helps lift it up. Nothing against Eddie Hall or what he did. I could never do that. I think what he did was amazing. I've seen documentaries on how he got there. For our federation, that's not allowed. I don't get to use straps. So I think someone said it because I had talked about how um, a meet that I had gone to, I had seen a couple people drop the bar at the top. Mm-hmm. They get it out. They lock it out. It's a good lift and their grip strength goes. So then they drop the bar. It no longer counts as a lift. You have to successfully control the weight coming back down. And they're like, well, why don't they use wrist straps or whatever to wrap around the bar so that doesn't happen? Like, well, you can't do that. Well, that's dumb. Then you wouldn't drop it. I'm like, yeah, but part of our lift is the grip strength. 
and being able to control that weight the entire time, the entire process of the lift, you have to be in control of that weight without assistance. Yeah. There are just, there are different rules in every sport that you play. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's just like, you think of it this way, if you're watching and you're thinking, man, wouldn't it be easier if they're, if they use straps and nobody's using straps, it's probably a rule that we can't use straps. Right. Right. Um, If, you know, bench press, right. You have to pause at the chest and wait for the press command. That was like a huge, that's a huge change for a lot of people who go from like just bro lifting to powerlifting because bro lifting just bounces the bar off their chest. Mm-hmm. And if you think, what, like, why don't they just do that? Or why don't you, you know, why don't you just lift your hips up or do this, do that? Like if, if there's the commonality between everyone else at a meet or from videos you see or whatever, there's probably a reason for it, Right. Most of the time, if you are lifting that heavy of weight, like you're, you're kind of in this and you have people who, you know, you have coaches or you have friends who give you the, like the cheat codes, right? Like give you the ways to do things the best you possibly can, the most efficient way possible. Mm -hmm. And I, I know you and I were going to wanted to talk about this today because we've seen it all over social media lately. Um, with people in different federations, our federation doing things that and claiming that it's a PR or putting it up like it was the best lift ever, but technically it wasn't very sound. Um, and then we see these people come to meets and they either don't even hit close to what they were hitting in training or they bomb out of a certain lift because they're not training for the meet. Yeah. And I mean that by our coach was, I mean, from day one, he started teaching me the commands, right? Squat is, you know, squat rack, right? So you have to wait for them to say squat. You have to stand up and wait for them to say rack. You can't just run into the rack. Jordan and I know that personally. (laughs) Multiple times. (laughs) At the same meet. Um, You know, bench, you have to get the start command. You can bring it down. You have to get the press command, like Jordan said. So it has to be no motion on your chest. And then the rack command to put it back into the rack. Deadlift is easy. It's down. You got to lift it up all on your own. Once you're done, down. From the start, our coach trained me to in my mind, think about that. So then I have those couple second pauses in the right area. So come meet day, hopefully we don't miss those commands. Uh, everybody does though, you know, like it happens to the best of us. I, and, You know, and what I will say with that is it's, we went through a long period, like this was our first meet post pandemic that we missed these commands like this. Yeah. I will say missing a command happens to everyone, the nerves, everything. Like you're thinking about so many things. It happened to me. I missed a rack command, uh, one time before this, like it, it happens and it happened to us first meet post pandemic. And that was mostly because we had been training for so long. So long. 
without a meat in sight that it's not to say that you get sloppy, but it like it you're rusty, right? Mm-hmm. Like it we we now communicate to each other. Hey, we're gonna work commands. We need to do we need to bring commands back in, or I'm gonna hold at the top until you give me a rack command, right? Like we we intentionally practice those things when meat prep gets closer. Mm-hmm. And it helps. And it's it it's you think it's dumb to practice waiting to rack, but when you finish a big squat, you're one tired, two excited, three thinking about, oh my gosh, if this is my first or second attempt, I have to do this again. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot going through your head and to just like practice and make that a habit. So it doesn't have to be a thought is huge. But then like the other, the other pieces of it, right? Like practicing hitting depth, keeping your butt down, um, not ramping, not ramping, keeping your heels down. Like these are huge things that people, one, I think you forget to practice Two. If you train by yourself, you don't always have people able to tell you. Right. And that those things are hard to correct. Kamite. We got called for missing the rack command in a squat. We both fixed it our next attempt. Yep. No problem. Adjusting so that you hit depth, adjusting so that you pause on the chest longer or you keep your butt or your heels down, holding at the top of the deadlift, controlling the way down. Like these things are a lot that requires a lot more strength and technicality. And that is tough to adjust without practicing. Yeah. I think about like on meet day, I want everything to be so monotonous and in rhythm and I don't want to think about it. Right. So my body just goes into a rhythm. It knows what to do. My squats should look the exact same minus like a little struggle because it's getting heavier. But I put my wrist wraps on the same. I put everything on the same. Sometimes I forget my mouth guard and my singlet and hope I don't get called on it. Um, But it's the same. So I, I don't worry about hitting depth anymore. Like in the very back of my mind, it's there. Just like if I get super heavy, I might like you videoed it this past Monday to make sure um, you asked you felt like you didn't hit depth, you hit depth, you knew that I would call you out if you didn't, because we want to make sure that on those heavier weights, we are hitting depth, we are doing everything correctly. Um, but, but you're right, if you, if you train, and you're never hitting depth, while you're at your heavy weights, and you get to a meet, that's, what your body wants to fall back into. It wants to fall back into what it's used to and not hitting depth is what it's used to. So then when you get called for it on your first or second, and then you have to go to your third one, that's going to be the heaviest weight. You have to, now you're thinking about, oh my God, I got to sink this a little bit extra, but I'm not used to coming out of the hole that deep. Yeah. Your body's not going to like it. You're going to kick back and you're not going to make the lift. Yeah. It's, you know, like, like you said the other day, it was something I know with you on one side and our coach on the other, you were going to tell me if I don't hit depth. It's mm-hmm. one of those of I, the weight is heavier. So you and I can both go ass to grass. Like yeah. we, we do in warmups. If anything, we need to cut our squats short. Yep. 
when it gets heavier, that naturally kind of goes away. Yep. And I just videoed because you, I, I know I'm hitting depth. I have full faith in the both of you. I also have full faith in, in my training and what I do too, but I needed to see it so that it's like, no question. It's absolutely hit. This is no, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. And that is, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard. Like it is think of bench on Friday. And then you like two weeks ago, right. You told me on my first rep, I rushed it off my chest a little bit. Absolutely. I did. You rushed it off your chest a couple of weeks ago. Like to be able to tell that to each other allows us to be able to work on that. Mm-hmm. We both came back the next set. Didn't rush it off the chest would have gotten a clean press command and practicing those things. Like it, it feels great when you move the weight, no matter what, but it feels even better when you're competing in your sport and you do it according to the rules. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is a hundred percent. This is going to be a good lift for me. That means in the book, it actually counts. Yeah, absolutely. And I know at some point along the line, if I'm no longer going to be competing, right? And I just start lifting. There are some things that I might not worry about as much, right? I might not worry about holding it at the top of the squat. I may not worry about holding it on my chest for a bench as long as I usually do because I'm not worried about that anymore. That stuff might go. The technicality of everything will stay because it's so ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be doing commands in my head every single time, right? Um, And who knows? Maybe if we switch it to the strong man <laughs> then we can ramp all we want <laughs> roll that baby up our legs no we're switching to uh partner deadlifting partner yeah, deadlifting. yeah. we're starting our own federations <laughs> you know it's it's one of those things of like it is a, it is a knock to your pride when you can't do the weight according to the rules right like whenever you cannot successfully lift the weight in a weightlifting sport it sucks. Like you're like, man, I like, I felt like I had that. I felt like I could do that. It's a bummer. I can't do that. That doesn't feel good, but it, it doesn't feel good when you go to a meet day and you bomb out because you haven't practiced any of that. Right. Well, and, it, and it doesn't feel good. Like this is kind of snarky, but I don't mean it in a snarky way. It doesn't feel good when you're posting all over social media that you're hitting all these top numbers and you can't even come close to it in a meet because yeah. you can't do it according to the rules and technicalities of your federation. And then personally, I would feel worse, right? Like I'm showing what I think I'm supposed to be able to do. And then I can't even get close to that. I would rather like cut some off on my training and then blow it out of the water at a meet because I'm so used to doing what I'm supposed to do. If we get into a habit of, I mean, we don't, but if we did, if we were not hitting depth in a squat, let's say that happened, it doesn't happen. Jordan and I are way too scared to have it happen. We basically sit to the ground. Um, we have our cheeks and before we stand back up. But if it did, our coach would cut our weight down so much and drill depth into our head, drill that feeling of where you need to feel that pop to come back up. So you're hitting depth every single time. And then you add weight back on. We, I think what, we have both worked. We, he has done it to us for the reverse because we go, we have too much depth. He yeah. has cut our weight so that we can sit into our tension better. And so that we don't, we can, it, you know, it is literally the reverse. Yeah. Which is great. Like we, so we, we know 
but we don't know, right? We do, but we don't. Right. Um, I think it's hard for people to do that. I think it's really, it's a huge shot to ego to be like your weight is, has to come down, right? Like a hundred pounds, depending on where you were at. And people don't want that to happen. They're like, um, no, I can lift more than that. Well, you, you can, but not, not accurately. Yeah. Not according to these standards. Correct. And if you want to compete according to these standards, then we need to work on this. And it's not like, I think some people get so scared because I know our coach, I roughly know how much weight we're going up every block, right? There's never going to be a 20 to 30 pound jump unless something happens, right? But it's not, you know? So I think people are worried about dropping the weight back down and then slowly adding that weight back on. But once you get the technicality down and you get the motion down, the weight goes on faster than what it did before. Mm -hmm. So it's so much better for you for everything to just practice how you're supposed to do it in a meet. And if you're not competing and you want to post your videos, then great, go for it. Yeah. I just think it's false advertising. Absolutely. Like you go ahead and and do, do what you want to do, right? Take, take whatever pictures you want to take, um, lift however you want to lift, but know that like, if you want to be successful in your sport, you have to train by the rules. You practice like you play and you play like you practice. That's what I mean. Um, so if you are, if you are doing these things in practice, you will do these things come competition time as well. You can post whatever videos you want, but if you're saying, you know, Hey, this is for, this is for my meat prep, right. Without saying like, you know, Hey, like this is my meat prep. Great to handle this weight. Definitely have to like shore up depth, shore up depth there. Like add those caveats in. Right. I think it's, it's misleading to a lot of people and it's confusing. And I think it, it encourages other people to think that they can do that and like get by with it. Come come meet it if they so choose to take that on yeah and i will just say this before we wrap it up take this into consideration you can post whatever you want you can do whatever you want i just don't think you should be surprised when people make a comment when you didn't hit numbers that you thought you were going to be hitting because you posted numbers Mm -hmm. higher so do you have fun Make the videos, but practice like you're going to play. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast. If you liked what you heard today, go ahead and give us a like, a share on Instagram. Let us know what more you want to hear from us so that we can truly make this the podcast that females go to to improve their resistance training experience.